Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Wednesday. It is the 3rd of August. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Friends and neighbors of the three people killed while camping last month in eastern Iowa gathered in Cedar Falls in a park last night to honor Tyler and Sarah Schmidt and their six-year-old daughter Lula. Cedar Falls Mayor Rob Green says the celebration of life service was not just for those in attendance, but for the Schmidt's nine-year-old son who survived the attack. This is for Arlo. I want you to know how much your community loves you. Sarah Schmidt's sisters, Jana and Karen, held hands as they approached the microphone. First, I have to say, wow. I think this is pretty incredible that all of you would come out to support us and to support Arlo and to remember my sister, my brother-in-law, and my niece. KWWL and KCRG live-streamed the event. Authorities have said a 23-year-old Nebraska man shot the three Schmitz to death in their campground at Makokata Cave State Park and then took his own life. U.S. Senator Joni Ernst was a no vote last week on advancing a bill to ensure veterans exposed to toxic burn pits get medical care, but she's voted now to send the bill to the president's desk. Ernst, a combat veteran, told the Cedar Rapids Gazette her initial vote to block passage of the bill was because Democrats prevented Republicans from offering amendments. Last night, the bill passed without changes, and Ernst voted for it. Ernst issued a written statement saying veterans who continue to pay the price for their service deserve the life-saving benefits of the bill. Iowa's other Republican U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley tweeted that he had consistently supported the bill, even when it stalled, and he's grateful it finally passed. Retired Navy Admiral Mike Franken, who is the Democrat running against Grassley this November, says Grassley voted right on the bill all along, but Franken says Grassley failed to rally his fellow Republicans in the Senate to do what was right last week. Small towns used last week's RAGBRAI as an opportunity to fundraise for town projects. As IPR's Kendall Crawford tells us, the town of Nemaha raised nearly enough money to finish construction on its historical museum. As one of the stops on Monday's route, the Northwest Town nearly sold out of the 400 pounds of marinated turkey tenders prepared for the event. Organizer Jim Hamm says that effort earned them more than $8,000 toward furnishing the museum. He says he was proud of what the town was able to accomplish. felt good. It's a good addition, but it's going to definitely make a big difference to have that added on to what we have. It should come close to getting us done, I think. Tired as he was after the long day of selling to cyclists, Ham says he'd do it again in a heartbeat. He hopes Nemaha gets another opportunity down the line to be on the route. Until then, he's looking forward to the museum's grand opening in the next year or so. And a month after a cyber attack closed Cedar Rapids schools and compromised personal computerized information of its district employees, Lynn Mar Community Schools said it now is investigating the source of its phones going down and its computer systems being disrupted. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports Lynn Mar Superintendent Shannon Bisgard wrote in a message to district staff on Monday that visitors will be limited on school campuses until further notice as a third-party specialist works with the district to assess the impact and recover its systems as soon as possible. He did not describe the issue in his message as the result of a cyber attack. Amy Adams, an FBI public affairs specialist, 
said the agency does not confirm or deny the existence of an investigation and would not say if it is aware of Linmar's network disturbance. This is Here First from IPR News, a podcast you can find anywhere that you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The synthetic opioid fentanyl is devastating the nation. Many who work on the front lines of this crisis want to see more emphasis on harm reduction. But in some places, this is not a popular idea. Mitch Legan reports for Side Effects Public Media. I met Karen Warpenberg on one of her daily trips to check an overdose reversal kit. Um, Here I have some safe use kits, some brochures, and then I have the Narcan, which is what I'm going to replace. Warpenberg is executive director of the Evansville Recovery Alliance in southern Indiana. The group provides harm reduction services to the city and surrounding area. Part of that is stocking these public boxes full of free naloxone, also known as Narcan. It's a drug that can rapidly reverse an opioid overdose. It's just a nasal spray. You just depress the plunger and put it in the nostril. Warpenberg is fighting an almost invisible enemy, the synthetic opioid fentanyl. It's what's been driving the latest spike in overdose deaths in recent years, here and nationwide, but not because people are seeking it out. Dealers have begun mixing it into other drugs, unknown to buyers. It's a story Warpenberg knows all too well. I had a friend overdose last year from fentanyl. He had been in recovery and just used, as far as I know, once and died from it. More than 91,000 people in the U.S. died from drug overdoses in 2020. That's a 30% rise over the prior year. Dr. Deborah Owry is the CDC's acting principal deputy director. At a recent briefing, she told reporters fentanyl is largely to blame for the historic rise in overdose deaths. Somebody that may not be used to using drugs or use them often, um, you know, we've seen the reports of people at a party who do a single pill that's mixed with fentanyl and die. The drug is pervasive, yet Warpenberg has found it difficult to mobilize support for harm reduction. It's just not a popular idea. It's, you know, for conservative people that just think drug use is bad and people should stop using drugs, but we need to help those people that are using drugs to get them to a place where maybe they want to stop using. Federal health authorities say programs that provide clean syringes help lower the risk of infections and outbreaks and increase the likelihood people will enter treatment and stop using. It's why Warpenberg wants to offer syringe exchange services and add fentanyl test strips to the overdose boxes. But under Indiana law, they could be considered drug paraphernalia so she isn't taking any chances. Plus, she says local officials haven't been keen on the idea of providing needles to people who use substances. We are working with the health department to try to come up with, you know, an agreement on it. Evansville's location on the southern Indiana border makes it a prime spot for drug trafficking. Earlier this summer, U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration agent Mike Gannon helped break up a local fentanyl ring. It included thousands of laced pills and the presses used to make them. We continuously seize thousands of fentanyl pills on a yearly basis in multi-kilogram quantities of fentanyl here in Evansville. Gannon says that investigation highlights a growing trend. 
More fentanyl is being produced domestically, and it looked like legitimate pharmaceuticals, not just street drugs like cocaine or heroin. He says ground-level advocates like Warpenberg are key to preventing potential overdoses. Law enforcement and the community, we got to come together because we can't just arrest our way out of this. Despite the challenges, Warpenberg says her group has been able to expand harm reduction efforts. They recently installed the city's sixth overdose reversal box. But she says continuing stigma will make progress slow. They don't think they're going to run into it in their own lives. But I think the more that people know and the more work we do, the, um, you know, there'll be more of a positive outcome. Although it's been gradual, she believes people are seeing the value in her group's work. Just a few weeks ago, she says she heard from two people who used her Narcan to save a life. For Side Effects Public Media, I'm Mitch Legan. Side Effects Public Media is a Midwest reporting collaboration, including Iowa Public Radio, exploring the impacts of place, policy, and economics on Americans' health. You can follow it on Twitter at Side Effects News. Your member station is at Iowa Public Radio. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening.